thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac, and today I'm joined by Dan Glinsky, Justin Matcham, and newcomer to the show, Will Holtz. How you doing, fellas? I'll go right on down the line. Will, this is your first time on the pod. I'm very excited to have you on. You seem like a very knowledgeable guy within the Cavs community. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm just, uh, I'm ready for the Lakers. Bring them on, baby. Let's go. Yeah, we'll see if LeBron suits up for that one. <laughs> Justin, how you doing, man? Doing great. Happy to be back on the pod. It's been a little bit since we've spoken, Max, so just happy to be here. I know. Yeah, where the, where the bring hell have you been? <laughs> been busy, right. man. School, work, <laughs> basketball, all that stuff has just been a little... Life, man. A little bit, yeah, what, a little bit going on lately, but... Exactly. Dan, how you doing, man? No complaints here, Mac. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on and, and bringing the, the guys together here. Appreciate it. Man, I love it. It's just, you know, I have you guys on, you know, at least one or two of you at least once a week now, I feel like. And honestly, I don't have an issue with it because it provides me an outlet to be kind of a sounding board for some of my crazy cats, uh, Cavs thoughts. So always good to have you guys on. Um, we're going to go ahead and kick off tonight's episode just kind of discussing Darius Garland's play so far this season. I believe 12.7 points. 2.7 rebounds, 8.3 assists, which is a career high for him. It's been great. And the guy is just, he sees the floor well. But that that is really just contingent upon how often he plays. He's suited up for three of the Cavs' five games thus far, canning 43.8% of his field goals, 37.5% of his three points. And he is attempting a career high from beyond the, uh, beyond the arc, 5.3 a game. Still hasn't missed a free throw. I don't guys. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but uh, he's four four from the line. <laughs> uh, that that kind of cracked me up because you just you don't see those types of stat lines anymore. But it is very low volume. So I'll hand this first question off to you, Will, since you are a first time guest on the show. What have you thought of Darius Garland's play thus far? Um, I think he's been fine. I mean, that that's really how I would sum it up. He's, he's been fine. Um, I had higher expectations for him coming into the season, but uh, the injury did not help. So, I mean, 19 points per game last season is what he was averaging bef- um, three games into the season. So right now, yeah, you said he's at 12.7. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's, it's, um, it's not, it's not as good as we'd like him see to be, but I mean, that ankle injury was tough. Uh, it looked nasty. And I was really expecting him to be out longer than when he was. So I'm kind of excited that he's, you know, excited to get back in and um, he's being a little resilient. So I like that. But, but I mean, as of like, um, I guess the Clippers, he's finding his bag. He's looking more comfortable. 
Um, the two early threes were great. Um, he looked a little like Chris Paul a little bit, or a little like uh, Curry with a step back. He was going in and out. It was beautiful, and man. Then a, and then a step back, like it was like that first, I think it was like his first or second three, um, but it was beautiful. And he had like six assists, but it should have been like 10 plus because the front court hit, couldn't hit anything. So Those potential assists have I been know, I mean, hurting the Cavs thus far. I, I can't lie. Especially, I know, I know, uh, especially Sexton. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, yeah, Darius Garland's been fine. Uh, I had higher expectations. I think it's going to be great this season. Um, I'm still not, still not uh, moving off the hill of he's the best Cav on the team. Um, so we'll see what oh, happens. Oh, man. Though. Okay. All right. You know, I usually wouldn't do this, but since this is your first time on, I do have to ask you to elaborate on why you think that is the case. <laughs> I think he has a bigger bag than anybody on the team. Like, it's plain and simple. It's just like that. I mean, Sexton can score. Yeah, he's a good playmaker. Um, but he's he can get out of control at times. And I don't see that in Darius Garland. Um, I just, I, I was honestly, I really don't see what Sexton can do better than Garland. I mean, I really don't. Like, I mean, Garland can do everything Sexton can, but like just has a deeper I think that Sexton bag. can just... Stay get, on I the mean, court. Like, stay on the court. Well, well, one, yeah, stay on the court. Um, I think he's a little bit <laughs> yeah. more active defensively too. And I would also say, like, maybe Fair. Darius has like the deeper bag of flashy tricks. But I also think that like Colin can, is more capable of getting to his spots easier, and just like generating a bucket in the half court even easier than Darius can. And like Darius, obviously, like does have a lot of moves that he can go to. I think Darius can throw a lot of more difficult passes and has really threaded the needle a lot, you know, throughout the season so far, even with the kind of clunky space in this team has uh, when he's gotten into the sure. teeth of the defense, he's really been able to get into some tight spaces. But I think as far as just purely generating his own shots and generating buckets, um, I still think I would take Colin in that respect very comfortably. Okay. So I'll, I think, I'll pose this question to you real quick. Who is the best player then Justin? Is it, it who, who would you rank? I don't really have a good answer here. Like, I don't have a very comfortable answer. Like, how soon until we can just call Evan Mobley the best player on this team? Um, I would say, like, and I'm not even saying that he, games, that he is bro. or isn't, um, like, because he's clearly not the best offensive player. And, like, there's clearly a lot that he needs to grow and develop on that end. Um, so, like, I think overall impact, it might be Evan Mobley. It might be, it might not be. I think it's, you know, him, Sexton, and Garland. And I do think that, you know, just looking at the the play for Darius so far, um, it's been good. I do think that there's another level that he can get to, and I think he will get to it this season. Uh, it is kind of unfortunate that we did deal with the ankle thing there for a minute. Um, you know, obviously didn't hinder him too much, but hasn't allowed him to build up as much rhythm, you know, early in the season here for him to get going. But um, really encouraging by what we have seen so far. Um, obviously, the... The three-point volume is there. Um, he looks a lot more comfortable and a lot more willing to taking them more often. Um, even if, you know, especially in that first game, it seemed like he just wasn't able to get him going. But then we did see the flash where, you know, he was starting to consistently hit him. Um, so overall, yeah, I think it's it's been good for him. Um, I do think there's another level for him to take it to. Uh, the defense has still been kind of a, a, a soft spot for him, definitely. Um, still struggling to get around screens a little bit, you know, I think especially early in the season, they've kind of, you know, improved a little bit, but all of the Cavs guards were getting back cut really, really bad along with Larry Markkinen. Um, and obviously the D uh, duo of Allen and Mobley was able to really, really help on the backside there. But 
overall, I think it's been good for Darius, but do think that there's definitely an improvement coming from him. That's fair. That's fair. Will, do you have a response to that in regards to, you know, if you had to rank Cavs right now, where would you put those three, Sexton, Garland, and Mobley? Um, well, through three games, or not three games, five games, I was thinking Darius Garland. Through five games, I really do think that Evan Mobley is the best player on the, on the court. Um, but, I mean, this is small sample size. We've got a long season ahead of us. Um, I think Sexton is right behind Mobley. And then, I, honestly, right now, number three is probably Ricky Rubio. I, you know like, what? I, I don't know if you guys saw five this. games? <laughs> I, I put my, my player rankings out there, and I had Rubio as, as three. And I got a little bit of pushback on that on the actual tweet itself. But somebody actually hit me up in the messages actually just going in on me about it. I'm like, man, look, it's undeniable. His <laughs> impact – no, seriously, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious. Rubio's impact on the game is visibly felt. He's not shooting – you know, with a great percentage at a great rate, but his impact on the game is undeniable. So I, I definitely have him as the third best Cav as of right now. If we're just oh my gosh, like him, like guy. having having Darius Garland be able to go to the bench and put oh, in Ricky Rubio, Rubio it's wonderful. just like it's seamless. There's no it's, fall it's, off. It's, dude. it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, if we're if we're looking at you know who's who have been the best Cavaliers through this you know three four game stretch. Um, I, I do think Rubio is included on that. I guess I'm just kind of banking on a little bit of a fallback to earth from him as far as shooting the ball. Uh, we already kind of saw that in the past couple of games after, I think it was the Hawks game where he really lit it up from, from outside. Um, so I, if that's what we're going by as far as just these three or four games, um, yeah, I think it's perfectly reasonable to have Rubio in there. I think that's all you can go off. And I had an interesting conversation uh, with a couple of my followers about that, you know, especially in regards to Colin Sexton, you know, it's fair to place, you know, a little bit of judgment upon what a player, especially as young as he ha uh, he is, it's fair to bring in what, you know, they've done in the past, but you also have to give coming into a new season, you have to give him, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt of development. Um, and I think we've seen, a lot of development out of a lot of these guys on the roster thus far. Uh, Sexton, Mobley, you know, still not quite uh, sure what we're going to get out of Isaac Okora on the offensive end. But as a uh, as a defender, he looks just as good, if not better, than he was in all but smaller role last season. So you know, there's there's just so much upside here, Dan. I haven't forgotten about you, man. <laughs> I do want to ask you to rank your uh, your top three cats as of right now. Um, for now, I'll go with Mobley, uh, just kind of projecting onward and I buy the passing. It's been incredible to me. Uh, defensively, he's been phenomenal. Really, I mean, Indeed. we don't need to go. Yeah. Yes, he has by there. far the lowest defensive rating of all caps, I believe. I think yeah, 100 right now. Yeah, I believe so. I mean, and realistically, when you factor in like the amount of minutes workload too, um, but it, actually defensive rebounding is really, I don't think it's really been that much of an issue for him. I think he's actually really helped us in that regard too. Yeah. I was a little, a... Like, like Justin uh, Brownlow is pretty concerned about that coming in. I mean, just realistically, I was, was kind of concerned about it. That, that's been good. And from there, I got to go with Colin just because again, I, people probably think I'm like a Colin, like, Homer, I, I don't know. They think the same I, I thing just, to me. Don't feel bad about it. To me, I think you're higher on. Well, 
even with how well we play defensively, he's in a whole game, a whole nother tier. Okay, I'm in, sorry. In that Clipper game, he, he was he was incredible, and we don't. One of our other editors, Josh, wrote about like we, we don't win that game without him, and his value to me, it, it, like people think he's like a one dimensional player. No, he's not a goddamn one dimensional player. Um, this. He, the Cavs, for whatever reason, have like fumbling issues when he passes the ball, the ball in the interior. I don't know what it is. And if got, yeah. sorry for my French here, but if Laurie Markin could hit a damn shot, Colin would have a a lot like more. A, uh, a good number and, of Collins and others assists have gone Markin's way, and they've been some yeah. beautiful passes, mind you. Oh yeah, he had a great wraparound. I think it was to him, like all the way. It was. It was like he had two straight games where he did that, man. Right, and that happened like from the jump. Like when he had that one from the jump in the Memphis game, I was like, wow, like okay. Um, And then I got to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then I got to go DG just because the in and out stuff. uh, As Will touched on, like the the range, it's there. It's real. Uh, Has really good vision um not rubio level vision um but just you can't teach the range that he has and uh I, I know that it's not fans probably cringe at times when he when he does it either way the float float game is real um so that's that's my three are we selling short on jared allen right now because he's playing phenomenally yeah i i just I don't know. Nobody, nobody today ranked Allen in their top. 10. I was really close to ranking him there, Mac. But I'm, yeah, I'm just, think... I'm just thinking with with Allen. He's his finishing has been unbelievable. Fourteen point four points, nine point two rebounds as of right now, and he's finishing damn. He's leading the league in, in field goal percentage as exactly of, as of going into tonight's games. But we know that. With Garland, like he's an impact spacer, he has an unbelievable vision. Um, that transition three last night was really good to see. Like we need to see that more out of him. Um, I, I don't discount Jared. It was really close. I just think when Garland's in there, he just defense is quite. He strikes fear into defenses more. That's all. Yeah, I think we'll on that transition three. I really thought he was going to find Laurie on the um, on the back end there because he was trailing. And I was like, oh, he's definitely going to find Laurie right here. But he pulled up, and the confidence there shows. I love that. He, um, I don't think we're selling Jarrett short because there's just so many good players in this team, and I don't think we're used to that. We went right from now. having, like, so, maybe two to three to having a legit, you know, rotation. So, every, I can I can literally make a case for, like, the best Cav right now for, like, five players. Like, I don't, I don't remember I being able to do that, right. yeah. like, over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think honestly, Mac, we probably are selling Jared Allen a little bit short in this conversation. And I think it's kind of similar when I made my top three to the um the whole Ricky Rubio thing is I just think maybe Jared Allen falls back down to earth a little bit. Um, you know, I'm he's not gonna shoot 80 whatever percent from from the field all year. But uh but I do agree with Dan as far as that um that kind of corner three that we saw him take being a really, really encouraging sight. Um, and hopefully something that he continues to do at least once or twice a game. He had no um, choice. I got it. That's the, he that's didn't the have a choice. He didn't have a choice. But um, Brad Doherty didn't... said that, uh, yeah, they, they didn't run a play for Jerry Allen quarter three for the record. But he's got to, he has to take two of them a game. Like, I think they have to just find a way. 
That's a promising sign what Will just said about that turnaround. Yeah, like, yeah. The, the turnaround on the high post look a little Embiid like. And if he can knock that down mm-hmm. consistently, oh my gosh. Well, he's 23 years old. Like they got it's time, not sure. it's not a completely far-fetched thing. It, and if he just no, has, no, it's not at all. Well, you know what it is? It, it's it's the same thing. I'm not comparing to in any way. It's just to me, it's almost like Giannis. Giannis probably was about the same level of shooter when he was 23 oh, as, yeah. Jared, as Jared. Yeah. You would think. Jared is a better shooter than Ben Simmons right now. I'll just put it that way. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, it's, he is. That's, that, like, for sure is. And at least, you know, at least he'll, even if you shoot a few times, of like twice a game as far as jumpers, that's probably about as much as Ben does. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be mad to see him take those attempts but they got to find the right spot for him to do it at because he can't hurt the offense just jacking shots up out there. Right, right, right. Especially when you're trying to get Mobley, you know, comfortable with taking that yeah. shot with some solid attempts from beyond in that range. So He's I don't also know. He's been it, awesome defensively so far. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and Mobley. And that leads me into my Swallowing next question for up. you guys is where would you rank this front court right now? Are they in the top five? Top ten? Um, front courts in the league? Yeah. Oh, man, I'd have to think about that. But, I mean, they've definitely been really, really good. I mean, obviously, they've been awesome defensively. Um, you know, and I think Jared Allen really, you know, being able to function as both a guy who can play, you know, drop on pick and roll. He's switched a little bit as well, and he's looked just fine there. Um, I mean, just the defensive value that you have from both of those guys, um, both of them being able to switch out on a perimeter guys, especially Mobley, and being able to just stick with any guard and make any shot almost impossible to, to me, get off defensively that is the most encouraging thing to see from both of them is that they're they're both willing to make that switch out there and they're fairly good defenders uh and in the case of mobley a very good defender out on the you know on perimeter player so Mm -hmm. it's just been very encouraging to see i really cannot remember the last time the Cavs have had like a front court tandem this good defensively yeah the fact that they can both guard on perimeter um, and block shots i yeah I mean, Mobley's like the first rookie since Shaq to average or to score 10 plus points, five, five plus rebounds and a block. He has, so, um, I he's, mean, he's leading ridiculous. the league in regards to that. Um, at least rookies, he has 10 blocks this season. That's like, I think I want to say that's six more blocks than the next closest player, which is Franz Wagner. So, well, did, yeah, did you see that? It. Did you see that stat from, uh, I want to say it was like Zach Cram or Cron. I don't know how to say his last name in the ringer. Did you see that? It was can't say I did. Going into the last like last game at the Clippers, um, he basically said, I mean, obviously, like preface it by the small sample size, but pretty much said that uh, had like opponents were shooting forty seven percent at the rim, and last year Rudy Gobert, like among qualified players, led the league in that stat, and it was forty eight percent at the rim, like. His rim protection while falling middle, it's like it's like under it's like two point eight per thirty six. Like his contests are unbelievable for a guy that fit. Like I, I don't know how it works. To the perimeter, man, Gobert, uh, right. Gobert is he's he's okay. He's not doing that. Perimeter, but he's oh, not, he's doing, not that. doing that. He's not doing no, that. No, no, especially he's, he's not, at that age. Mobley is sticky, like. And even he can even get through, like, he actually navigates through screens, even at seven feet. 
it's it's very rare to see a, a man that size, that size especially uh, no they were they're running a zone he is right and he's been at the top of that for two yeah mm-hmm. it's just been it's been a sight to see man I, I can't remember being this excited in the past three to four seasons about the potential the Cavs are heading in and oh, so no <laughs> you know what? this is more if this like this is way more enjoyable than that like last LeBron season like we knew what was that, happening. At that any was point wild, in that season. we knew what was happening. We knew it was going to be LeBron's last it was, season. So it was it took kind a of fun. Out. It was kind of fun to see like D Wade like off the bench here and there, like running pick and roll. Like it was like with Kyle Korver. That was. Like, fun. Uh, that, I mean, that there was, some fun fun was not fun. There were no, some Jay, fun no, points. I, I thought it was fun. Bossman ninety nine was not fun. Initially, I liked the other parts of it though. Jeff yeah. Green, I loved. I loved initially Jeff. it was a very good. It had the looks of a very fun roster. Having D Rose, D Wade, the, the roster was stacked. We could have used yeah, Jay Crowder Rose. too. We could have used D Rose in the postseason. I think Rodney Hood. I mean, there was a there was a nope. ton of guys that were thought up to be as potential difference makers that season. But to me, a lot of that happiness, a lot of that excitement was taken out because I already knew what the hell was going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah we, we all knew, yeah. and and he put on a hell of a playoff run during yeah. uh, during that final final season. He literally put the team on his back, just as he has. Oh yeah, it's on one of it's one of his occasions. best ever. It's one of his yeah. best ever for sure. Oh, remember Jetty's no. rookie season yeah. when we all thought he might be good. I remember uh, the we'll Wizards. I remember the we'll Wizards. Jetty. We'll Wizards Jetty. comeback. I don't want to talk about Jetty, man. It's too bad. <laughs> We're gonna talk. We got to talk about him. Oh my god, <laughs> Matt Matt loves Jetty. Oh. It's not that I love Jetty. It's just that I, I legitimately think that when you don't force Jetty to do too much, when you don't ask too much of him, as in being a primary facilitator or playmaker, I think that he can be an asset to the team. I'm not going to ask the guy to go out there and expect him to, you know, provide a spark off the bench every single game. But I do like what I've seen thus far. And I know it's a small sample size, just like we have to throw that caveat on everybody we've seen and everything we've seen thus far. But he's playing with some confidence. He clearly his shot, you know, it's going to come and go. It's just it, it always has. But I do think if you're not asking him to do too much, then he can be a valuable asset. And if you're going to roll him out there, at least uh, and while he's playing well, at least he can possibly you know reinstitute some trade value so even if you're looking to move up off of jetty which i'm sure the team is uh undeniably looking at moves at this point uh which will lead me into my next question but you know i i do like what i've seen from him thus far so we'll end up talking about but that i guess that's a great segue into my next question is it time to reevaluate the expectations for this team i mean yes we're five games in but man just, just the encouraging play of just about everybody from top to bottom has been nothing short of a – I think they've surpassed expectations thus far. So I'll hand this first question – well, I'll hand this question off to uh, Justin first. Is it time to reevaluate the expectations? Well, I think especially looking at um, just a lot of the general media, a lot of people were pretty darn low coming into the season on the Cavs um, just because, oh, they have a million centers. Oh, you know, these these guys can't play together, blah, 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 blah. They brought in Taco, whatever. You know, the, the Cavs are the new kings. They're just signing all the centers. So I think people were kind of ignoring a lot of the things that they were actually doing. Should have signed Hart while they were at it. No, they, they should have, and that's a whole other story. But, um, but yeah, I think – Especially, you know, listening to like different podcasts um, from, you know, a lot of national media people, um, 
I think the opinion on the Cavs has changed a little bit from the team that was, you know, just going to be, oh, they're going to try to win games, but they're still really bad to, oh, you know, like Evan Mobley is like awesome. Kevin Love is actually playing and doing all right. Like Ricky Rubio is like as good as anyone could have hoped this he could have been for this team, you know. Um, Sexton has adjusted, I would say, fairly well, and I think it's still going to be a learning process, but to maybe a slightly lower load, and I think he's still been effective in his role. Um, you know, obviously Darius will come back. Jared has shown improvement. So, yeah, I think overall, I think it's fair to raise expectations um, a little bit on this team. And another thing is, obviously, we know they got off to a 3 and zero start last year, um, and things kind of fell off the cliff. The thing about this year is the reason the Cavs are winning games right now is not Andre Drummond. Um, I think that that's fair. I think I think that's kind of an important point of last year during the Cavaliers winning streak, Andre Drummond played like an all-star, um, which was never going to hold up. And this year, I think it is a lot more of a balanced attack um, to where even if, you know, one of these pieces does cool down, even Jetty, you know, if, if you know, I mean, Jetty has been good up to this point in the season and we talked about him a little bit. Uh, I, I do have a little bit more hope for the shot this year. I think the mechanics on it. That's um, what I'm saying, man. A like bit better. I think we're selling on him too early. I mean, as I, long as you I, don't I put him out there in a bad spot, as long as you don't ask him to do too much, he can be impactful. I will say this. The shot has been better and I'm holding out hope that maybe, you know, he's not going to have as poor of a shooting season as he did last year. Um, my only, you know, kind of counterpoint to the whole reduces role and, you know, take the ball out of his hands, maybe a little bit is, you know, if he is not going to be shooting the ball well, um, I think he kind of needs the ball in his hands to be effective as a playmaker. And even then, you know, it's not ideal to have Jetty as the guy with the ball in, in his hands. Um, and that was kind of a, you know, a debate that we had a lot last season was, you know, I think Jetty is obviously capable of being a facilitator for a team, but if Jetty is your facilitator, are you really in a good spot? And I think the answer is no, especially with just how bad he still is defensively. Um, and, and he can be active off ball, getting in passing lanes. And well, he has, yeah, that's, deflections. I mean, he has he's, mostly this God, he still is so bad on defense. <laughs> he cannot turn his hips. And we talk about guys getting back cut on this team. Uh, Jetty has, has been right there with that group of just not being able to stay in front of guys. Um, like, I don't think that, like, I, I don't know, like, who has, like, less flexible hips between him and Kevin Love right now. Like, it is in that really, really second bad. unit. That's and that's the thing to me though, man. In that second unit, there's only maybe two players that I can seriously roll out there and expect them to be above average defenders, and that is Isaac Okoro, who is now coming off the bench, and Lamar Stevens. And Dean Wade. Uh the positional. I'm I guess still, it depends I'm still upon the matchups. Depends upon the matchups to me. Um, I don't know. If Dean Wade's not hitting shots, I don't and I, I kind of think that's why he's not there right now. But I mean, we, that's a whole nother topic right there. But to me, the 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 clearly the best two defenders off the bench are Lamar and Isaac. Isaac. You're Lamar. not gonna, Agreed. yeah, you're not gonna roll Jetty out there thinking that he's gonna get you a defensive stop. It's just not gonna happen. But for him, I think Rick, Ricky has been solid defensively. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. think he's been you know impactful on ball. He's you know getting through screens well. He's just sticking to his guys. So. Yeah, That's overall, fair. there's plenty of defense on that second unit, but into where like we're not relying on Jetty, but it's still been bad when he's been exposed, which has happened more than once. I got you, got you. All right, let's uh, enough on the tangent about Jetty. <laughs> as much as I <laughs> love sorry. to talk about the guy, no, you're good, you're good. I was I was going off the rails there too, so I'll just rein it back in. 
give me your give me your your actual evaluation well your uh <clears throat> your expectation for the Cavs entering this season and has it changed I had them winning um like 38 to 40 games coming into the season um which I think was pretty reasonable I mean that's where they, I'm at. I mean the team obviously obviously got better um from last season to this season like even before the season started like we knew they were going to be better for sure so I think I had them at like 38 to 40 wins but I mean honestly like 40 plus doesn't sound too bad, too lofty for this team. I mean, Sounds attainable, 40 plus, right? I think like, like 42, 43 would be like seven seed through like, honestly, like play in because I mean, the, the NBA is like so stacked right now. Like it's really like a lot of wins like in 2010 would have gotten you like six seed, five seed, something like that. But th- I mean, honestly, like, in the modern NBA, like 42, 43 wins is going to get you like play spot, eight yeah. spot. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, um, I do, I had them making the play in at least coming into the season. Um, so, like seven, eight seed. But honestly, I mean, I could, I could, I could see them definitely getting the seven, seven spot for sure. I really, I really think that that's probably the, uh, the regular season ceiling for me. Now, we talk playoffs. I really think they can pull out a series victory for sure. Oh yeah, do. especially with the the half court defense, which is a lot of what what of a, a lot of what happens in the playoffs. I think that would fit their game tremendously through you know five games of what we've seen. So uh, on the last pod, I picked sure. thirty nine wins after the season started. I, I've been uh, I've been real high on them. They'll tell you that. <laughs> I've been uh, maybe perhaps too high at certain points, but I you certainly after, been high. Yeah, after I, I've been I've been on the playoff train all. <laughs> throughout this past summer and on. So I'm I, I've you. loved what I've seen. And I had him at 39 wins after uh, after the last episode. And I'm now confidently ready to up that to 41 based upon what we've Let's seen. Go. I know. And and to me, you know, the, the most telling part about this is that this team has opened against nothing but playoff teams, right? So yeah. Yeah. all but playoff teams, yeah, they, they they are missing a few of their key pieces, but playoff teams nonetheless. So to me, that speaks volumes. And so I'm ready to continue up in my expectations for them. And uh, and, Dan, and really, they, those aren't just regular playoff teams either. I mean, the Hawks made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. The exactly. Nuggets had the MVP and the Clippers made it to, um, was, was it the Western Conference Finals? Uh, last year, yeah, I believe yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, these aren't regular playoff teams here. Um, and, and to your point about defense coming into the playoffs, I mean, players are going to start having to make business decisions going up on Mobley. I mean, we saw last They're night. They're already Zubac. doing that. I, I know, but like Zubox should have done that. I mean, dude, what are you doing trying to go up on Mobley? I mean, you had four games of game film. What are you doing, dude? So I really do think that like players are really going to have to start making business decisions against Mobley and, and Jared Allen. And, um, I really think that that's going to play true in, in the playoffs. It's really going to be tough to score on the Cavs. And I mean, who would have thought that we would be saying that like this time last year? I I mean, as high as I am on the Cavs, I, I was not there saying they've just shown me a well, lot. This time last year, the Cavaliers were like the number one defense in the league. Didn't last, but there was a moment at the beginning. That is of true. Last that season. that three and start was uh, was pretty nice. <laughs> they didn't have an Evan Mobley though. They did not. They have didn't Evan have Mobley. Evan Mobley. Anyways, <laughs> it's a good segue into uh, potential trades for this team. I myself right now, yeah, every team should be looking to better themselves, but I can't. You know, 
I honestly cannot justify making a trade at this point right now, given what the team would probably have to sacrifice. But nonetheless, I know you all have probably some uh, some potential trades on your hands. So, Will, I'll uh, let you go first on this one. Give me your ideal trade the Cavs can make to make the team even better right now. So you said you, you're not a fan of trades right now because of uh, the sacrifice that it might take. I don't think Jetty's a sacrifice right now. I really don't. I mean, I think you sell high on Jetty. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't, get see, his, I don't see. I don't his, think he's a sacrifice. That's not me. That's not what I'm saying though. What I'm saying is, is that teams are going to want more than Jetty. So when I say I don't so know if picks. I would sacrifice, I don't know, man. And it, it just that's why I'm asking. Like, is it time to reevaluate the expectations for the team? Because if you're going to reevaluate, then you could also you could look at the trajectory the team is going in, and you know debate whether or not the team should be giving up draft picks and things like that, draft capital. I, and I know that my expectations know what like the a, goals are. But to me, my, it's my like, expectations are seventh seed. So, I mean, I, I really do think that if you go and add a guy like Terrence Ross or KCP uh, for Jetty and a couple second rounders, um, do you think I they really would do think that, that makes though? the team better? For sure. I mean, I really no, do. I think, like, I think the price is undeniably higher than. Yeah, dude. And it's, it's not going to be Jetty in two seconds. I think they're going to ask for at least the first. Throw in yeah, Dylan Winner. I mean, I still don't think that's enough. Probably. Terrence Ross is still really a very think, good player, man. He's a really good player on a team that has no use for him at all. He's like the second oldest player on the magic at 30. I mean, what they, what are they doing over there? They have, Do they guards, have a use for like, Jetty like, though. I mean, he's younger than, than Terrence Ross and he's cheaper. They can get a better. And they're getting a couple second rounders and a, and a Dylan Windler. I mean, literally, like, like there, what are, there's what, like contender. What's out the there point of then keeping Terrence Ross? Ross? Okay, I agree I with that. Point, okay, okay, like, so so if we throw in, it, okay, so if we throw in a protected first, Jetty, and uh, give me like an unprotected second, like that's not getting Terrence Ross. That right there, I, I think, think it is. might. I think that might get him. But I think that the to 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 try and acquire him for Jetty in two seconds and maybe even that first still, I think they could look and get better offers than that, especially when you're factoring in Jetty. I mean, you guys know I, I love Jetty, but I think that their contenders could definitely probably make a better offer than that. Okay, well, I mean, move off from Terrence Ross and try to go get KCP. I mean, obviously, they're going to try to, you know, they're going to be working the phones. They're not just going to be, you know, hell-bent on Terrence Ross. I mean, try to offer the same thing for KCP. I mean, if that doesn't work out, go to Jeremy Lamb. I mean, I wrote a piece on this, um, and I really do think that, Terrence Ross, KCP, and Jeremy Lamb are three prime targets for me right now. If, if I'm working the trade market right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I think those other guys could probably be a little bit more attainable than Ross is, specifically KCP, just given, you know, his fit with Washington right now. But I don't know. To me, it's just because it, it circles back around to the same thing. Like, I think acquiring an actual impact player right now will require the Cavs to give up a lot. And I don't know if it's worth it at this point. Uh, Can I throw something out there, Matt? Sure. So the Hawks have a lot of talent right now, right? They're really deep. Don't even bring up Cam Reddish, bro. No, I'm not going to bring up Cam Reddish. I'm not bringing up Cam Reddish. (laughs) You thought I was going to. I wasn't. I know. But um, Dan might. Okay, so say that the Hawks make their consolidation move. Can the Cavaliers come away with Bogdan Bogdanovich in a similar way they came across, or they came out of it with uh, Jared Allen? In That's Harden the Bogdanovich you, you're what? thinking. What? I'm thinking Bogdan the other Bogdanovich. 
I'm with you. I'm with you, Justin. What does it cost? That's a move. What does it cost? If you can, bro, what did it cost for us to get Jared Allen? No, bro. No, no, no. Listen, 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 listen. So, if there was a move where the Hawks decided to make a consolidation trade, is there a way that the Cavs could get involved and ship out Larry Markkinen to a team that's rebuilding that, you know, might have use for Larry Markkinen and come away with Bogdan? Has anybody looked at Bogdan's deal right now? What's, how much money is he making? He's making like $19 million. I want to say it's... I don't think it's that much. I think yeah. it's like yeah, it sounds about right. I think it's like over what three years or four. It's okay. So yeah, he has eighteen for the next three years flat player option on the last year. Three years, okay. You're are you okay? Are you already out on marketing? I mean, I'm already looking t- towards the time that the Cavs trade him at some point. I'm, I'm not, not gonna say that him. I'm all out, and I think like it's been mixed results on the floor, but like. I think since the moment we signed him, it's always kind of been a okay. Like even if you this works out, trade like, is he really a long term piece? Yeah. Look, man, I'll, I'll give. Like, it I think straight. like he's always been like the young, intriguing guy on a tradable salary that you like could get you a starting wing. Like that's always no kind doubt. Of how I viewed the Larry Marketing thing. No doubt, he is a he's on a tradable deal, and I think as the season progresses, that deal is only going to get more tradable. To me, yes, we know being seven foot and being trotted out there at the three, he's always going to be a step behind defensively, but his length does help out with that. I think we've seen that in a couple of different games. Yeah, you can still work him over on defense, but the spacing that he provides to me still, even if he isn't canning shots at a high rate, is still a valuable asset. I mean, for Bogdan, uh, I, I don't know, man. I would, I don't think that they would, if the Cavs were to jump into a deal like that, similar to how they acquired Jarrett and, uh, and Torin, I just don't think that they could walk away from said deal sacrificing just Lowry marketing. I mean, you look at. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that that's all that you're giving up. I'm just saying that is like the framework for the type of deal is in like, you know, a a team as part of a package wants back young talent. Um, Maybe they view Lowry marketing as more intriguing than a guy like Bogdan, but you need that salary to make the trade work, whatever. Um, You know, maybe there's more going to, you know, whatever team, but just as a basic framework, those two guys being involved. Dan, are you would you guys be deal? interested in, in throwing Lori into a trade for Terrence Ross? No, I'm not there. No, I mean, what about what about what about if that included Gary Harris? Then uh, you're going to have to include uh, more salary on the Cavs. Yeah, side. I think they, were, they would what? have to have uh, no. Then, no, then then you include then you include Jetty, and is it? I mean, I don't that's pretty much that's the framework it. of the deal is Lori and Jetty for Terrence Ross and Gary Harris. I don't really love that. I don't. Know. There's your scoring off the bench right there. Give me Markel Fultz. Okay, me, uh, hey, I I don't think they would throw in Fultz, but give me Fultz. Uh, Dan, weigh in. I don't on think this, that's man. the move. Weigh in on this. Well, I, this is a real. This is kind of a boring trade, but for me, I, I just look at Jalen McDaniels. That's a guy I really like. Um, coming out, I, I didn't necessarily see it, but where is Jalen McDaniels going to find minutes on this team? I, I was just gonna say just. Trade Windler and a uh, two. He just maybe done bite with Dylan, huh? Well, I'm just saying, like they, it it doesn't. It seems like he's going to fall out of their rotation, just given the wings that they have, and then Bridges emergence too. Kind of like at the three four. I, honestly, to me, he could be a starter for you. Like it, 
I would probably like ideally rather him in there, like for like extent, like to start than than marketing. And marketing, you come in as like a super sub, kind of like at the three four. That was going to be my I, next I'm, question. Would you I'm sacrifice really him a, in said deal? Who to get to acquire uh, to acquire McDaniel's? Who would you be shipping out? Well, it's, it, it's probably would have, it might have to be multi, but I, honestly, like I. I'm not, I'm just saying, like maybe with Lamelo, like if you throw him or Winler and two twos for McDaniel's, like who's a, a really good defender? Like I know he's thin, he's a really damn good defender. And yeah, and he also shot thirty eight percent from three his rookie year, thirty three the next year, and right yeah, now he's not, small sample size, but it's seventy percent right now. I'm just saying, like he's not like an impact shooter. He's not necessarily going to space the floor, but he can make people pay for, for leaving him open and he can create a little bit off the bounce. He's a really good off ball player. I'm just thinking we like can put maybe, him right into the mix of Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens as power forward. who can't get minutes on this team. <laughs> I, I'm I mean, with you I'm right there. That is true. So, I'm thinking more so of him as a three, but I, I'm just saying like, I don't know. Like I'm thinking maybe from Charles standpoint, maybe they buy, Potentially, like in an up-tempo offense and a moving offense with an, a, an incredible young passer and ball, maybe they buy Winler as a spacer and guy with parking lot range. Like he does have the range, we just haven't. He hasn't been healthy enough to see it. I'm just thinking, like maybe McDaniel's is bearing the rotation from here. I don't know, but that's just one. Like that's kind of off the beaten path. That's just all I'm saying. All right. Like if, if I, I'm making a trade, I'm for not. Man, I'm not score. going. I'm just not going like big game hunting right now. Other That's than what I'm, I'm, I'm with what I'm, I'm with Will. I'm I'm a fan of Terrence Ross, but oh, we know how high you are on Terrence Ross. There, God, there was somebody on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember who it was. Uh, just I think I can come up. Oh, I, well, how do you guys feel about Jordan Wara anyway? Like, do you buy that? Long term, um, I don't buy the deal, I mean, no, but like I, I mean, think he's a real really, like shot not even, from deep. Not even really like long term. I'm just thinking like I, I get that he's playing because like dude injury or whatever, and mm-hmm. is probably seeing what they have. I, I feel like he might be a guy that could be a starter as a three for you too. Like maybe, maybe uh, uh, I never. I don't not, think he'll ever be good enough defensively to, to be me, a starter. If you're not I don't really care about the making the deal in the first place. If you're, if you're not looking long-term this, this team is not, well, I'm just saying like it might the, not take that much. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Fair yeah, like little, little, like small deals. I, I feel you like little small deals that wouldn't cost much. I'm uh, just oh, saying yeah, like totally, I totally get that. That's to me like, right now for Noir though, because like, yeah, I, I, the Bucks the are going to want immediate help in a deal that they're giving him up in. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I think the like, Bucks are pretty I, high on him right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just don't know how long it's going to last. That's all. But I, I'm just trying to think outside the box, not like the like low hang for a deal. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. To me, he's a guy like uh, that, that they kind of covet right now, like Taylor and Tucker. You know, it just I'm just saying like how much high on a guy like that. Yeah, I want nothing to do with Portland Tucker. Zero. Dude, he's not he's not a good basketball player. I'm sorry. He's really not. I don't know about not good. He's, it's just he's no, no, he's, he's, when you're playing with his LeBron, skill set is values, so bad. When you're playing with LeBron and Davis, your people's I mean, values are vastly over 
Like, like Alex Cruz, though. He's a good Tuck defensive is, player. is not a bad basketball player. Like, no, I don't know why. I, 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 I don't stand that guy to that thought process, guys. I, like, think, I don't think you can call Taylor Horton Tucker a bad basketball player. No. Like, I think that's kind no. of silly. I don't. There are clearly things that he does well on the floor. He can generate his own shots. Um, he's never you know, going to be he's a star on defense, but no, he's yeah. never. No, but see, but that, that was definitely I, too much going around off of him. Is... But like, he's not a bad player. exactly. Is there... Okay, I shouldn't say he's not a, he's he's not a good basketball player, but like, like all I mean, of the hype saying, saying he's like, like has the most star potential. That's yeah, like that was all silly. But no, is he's there... an actually really a is. good contributing player, and like the Lakers are like clearly missing him quite a bit right now. Is this like an odd decent decent role player? What's your question, Dan? I'm just saying, do we need a backup five? Like, is that a weird question to ask? I, I just as I currently I constructed, like his, no, I don't think so. His, I think you can get by with what they're doing and not. They're already using mostly a nine. Is it worth getting here. like more? Just completely buying into rim protection. Like, should we just like target Daniel Gaffer? I, mean, I don't think I don't think Washington would. I don't think Washington. Well, Daniel Gafford just got that. extended, so I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, that's not right. happening. That ain't I, happening. I forgot. Well, how would you Sorry. how would you feel how would you guys I feel about Ed Davis getting like some backup center minutes? No, no, I, mean, no, I know no, it's small, no, but I mean, no, go on, no, you guys, no, you guys no, are not. I forgot about the Gafford extension. <laughs> I apologize. I forgot. No, you're good, Dan. But yeah, no, no. Ed Davis has a role team, and it is not on the floor. He is supposed to take TikTok videos. It is a definitive no on on Davis. No, and like I said, man, they're not—they're not seriously in the need for a back, a true backup center. Yeah, you know? it was just a thought. I don't know. Uh, Before, who? I'm, I'm I was just I'm gonna kidding. say Okafor is a name. <laughs> I, I know. I know Justin's a fan. I know. I'm Justin's done. I, I'm, done. I'm not necessarily a fan. A closet done, fan. Like, a closet fan. <laughs> maybe a bit. Uh, I'm what would it job, take? Man. What would it take for Jaleel? I Jaleel's a free agent. So he's I'm not on the business anymore. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, I think he, he, was in, he was in the Hawks in training camp. He got traded to the Nets this offseason, I believe. I believe it was the Nets. What happened to that guy, him. man? What happened? He Damn. seriously. He was all offense. If you're gonna acquire a player like Oka, if you're gonna acquire a backup center, you can want a defender, right? You're. I mean, he was all offense, and he was extremely limited on offense. Yeah, and I mean, it, the stat line looked a lot better than play actually was, and. If you're gonna if you're gonna go along with the thought process of acquiring a potential backup center, a true backup center, you kind of want a guy who could defend, a guy who can rebound at a pretty solid rate, and that's why, uh, I mean, that's why you look at a guy like Hart who is not a you know dead in the water on offense and could do he could play make a little bit, could rebound the ball excellently in the role that you put him out there. So you you want a guy like that. You don't want a guy like Okafor. Moving on, guys. We just saw Isaac Coro, you know, miss a game. And we'll have to see what happens with him in the future and whether or not his injury will be nagging. But to this point, the guy's only shooting 20% from range. You know, I want to say that he's seven, seven points, 2.8 rebounds, 1.8 assists. He is hitting 47.8% of his shots. But at this point, is it fair to wonder whether or not that shot is ever going to fall for him? Dan, I'll ask you this I think that's always been the question. Yeah, you can answer that first, Dan. But like, I will just say quickly, like, I don't think that like, it's changed one way or another for me this season. We'll say you yeah. did. It's hard to say. Uh, I just think he, it, there's just too many times where maybe it's JB like in the back of his head. He's thinking like, like, don't shoot it. Don't just shoot it. 1.3 attempts this year from range. I, per game. It, I, 
the, like post All Star break, he seemed less hesitant to shoot it. And this year, he's just been extremely hesitant. I think part of it is probably he's just probably not shooting and is playing really careful and like close to the vest, given that he basically was demoted already. Um, whether that's outside of his control or not, uh, still getting he's it's, still it's, getting twenty seven minutes a game though, man. That's a, that's still a pretty. But I'm hefty. saying like the opportunities have been there. Like he, he definitely could be getting like he, he could be shooting three threes a game. He definitely could be. He should be. And I mean, the only time he well, takes he, that shot, you're only going to get like better. Wide open. Like, the, wide open. Well, the best teacher is experience, and he, quite frankly, I put it on him. Like, there's been opportunities where maybe we're not there, we're not in the huddles, but he's got to shoot those damn shots. Like, if you're getting a shot at wide open, it's like a number of times he's had shots like wide open at like the top of the key, like. They're not respecting the his ability at all but because they know it's not it at all. And but I, I mean, he, he doesn't You're respect his ability. He's, no, no. Through no. four games, he's only shot no. five, and he's yeah. made one. Exactly. No. you got to so, shoot more. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the so thing. I'm, I, I'm saying incomplete. Is the confidence complete. shot there, do you think? He had more confidence than the last season. You think the demotion really messed with, with his head? Oh, I am. Oh, well, maybe not that much, but it clearly. I don't well, really I, think it has. Well, I don't know. I mean, if it last has. year, I don't think he it was has just either. In a position to where like but he I'm was just standing on the missing, wing so much. If he's missing shots, he's still doing that though, Justin. Not gonna, he's still doing it, that. If he's not, if he's missing shots though, he's probably thinking in the back of his head: if I miss another one, it's not going to help my case. That's all I'm saying. If Okoro yeah. is not cutting to the basket, which he has been, and he's he he's a very good cutter. I, I get that. What, the but point still was I was trying to make use like use him in pick and roll a little. They don't allow him. They I thought they were going to do that. They're not allowing that at all. Yeah, that's, I, problem. I, that's one thing that's still kind of yeah, weird. Free think, is like, yeah, like they have not really given him any thing outside of spacing and cutting as responsibilities for him on the floor. That might be um, as good we, as it gets right now, man, with the, the way like, the roster is currently constructed, the way they're playing these guys, the minutes and the rotations that they're using, especially to close games out. I just mm-hmm. – I think that might be all that's, that that they are going to ask him to do at this time, which sucks because I think they're it, it hampering It looks like that might be the case, yeah. Um, and, and it is an interesting point. I thought we might see a little bit more from Isaac as far as, like, responsibilities given to him on offense. Um, you know, one thing that we obviously talked a lot about last year was, you know, it, with Isaac Okoro's, you know, his shot diet uh, coming primarily either from spotting up on the wing or from, you know, driving to the rim or cutting to the rim and getting shots right at the basket. Uh, we really didn't see a whole lot of him, you know, in that in-between range. We didn't really see him going off the bounce and pulling up ever. Uh, whenever he does go off the bounce, he just tries to go all the way. Uh, I, I thought we might see a little bit more from him in pick and roll settings, or at least, you know, attacking closeouts and just trying to get into those pull-ups a little bit. And we just still really haven't seen it at all. The problem? I think he's had one of those shots all season up to this point. Um, the problem in just, and of itself, man, is Rubio. And I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that he's a problem. I'm saying that. But he are, does take a lot of those reps away. He, he does. Most I mean, of them. The yeah. way that he plays, like, and I think, as far as winning basketball goes, like that's the guy you that you want. The that's ball what you in want hand in, in those instances, but it definitely doesn't help Isaac's development. Um, as far as the three ball though, like, yeah, he is taking it at a lower rate. I do think his role, I mean, I, I won't say his role has decreased when he's on the floor because it was always this kind of, you know, staying on the wing um, as far as like outside opportunities, at least not the whole opportunity, but um 
Yeah, I mean, the shots, it does seem a little bit more hesitant this year, but I, I wouldn't say I am concerned overall. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're still, what, four games into the guy's second season. Like, I don't think that we can say, like, based off of evidence that we've seen this year, that, like, either for or against his shooting ability long-term. Like, it hasn't exactly no, been... For sure, I, I think, one, I think he has potential to be so able to... Small. Like, and, yeah, and no, he for is sure. I th- still I think as he... young as he is. I think he has potential to, to develop a, a, a decent jumper, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I mean, if that if the question is, I mean, do you think he can develop a jumper? Yes, but I mean, I'm not going to lean on the idea of him, you know, developing that jumper. I mean, he and that's, he just he, he needs more confidence. He needs, that, he and needs that's to the question. More. Though, Will. That's the question I'm posing to you guys. So I'll, I'll just ask it. Uh, I'll, I'll refer to it one more time. Do you think that that three ball is ever truly going to fall on a consistent basis? I don't see any reason yes. to believe it won't based off of what we've seen this season. Yep. I, mean, I, I, I do I do think I do think that he avenue. I do yeah, I do think that he he can knock it down. He just has to shoot it more. I mean, literally that's all that needs to happen. He shot five, made one. He needs to shoot more. He hit uh, I want to say twenty nine percent last season. And he did have more volume. And that came with the territory. He led Cavs in minutes. He got those opportunities. You didn't have a guy like Rubio out there. And, you know, there was a ton of injuries. So they put the ball in his hands at certain points, especially to close out last season. You know, he, he was pretty good in May. Not great from range still, but when you put the ball in his hands, I think, uh, you know, you might start to see a little bit of change. But the problem still remains that, you know, on a team that features Sexton, who's a ball-dominant guard, Garland, who needs the who, who I'm not going to say needs the ball in his hands, but he's also another ball dominant guard and Rubio, who you want to be out there facilitating, especially within the second unit. The opportunities just may not surface for Okoro, which is just damning because it it, it kind of hampers the development uh, trends in regards to Okoro and what you truly want from him. You know, the things that you want to build upon for him in regards to the three ball. That's on that that like you guys like all three of you have said it's going to be completely on him whether or not he attempts that because he's getting the looks he just has to take them if he's taking at least three a game I'd be okay with that I think I wrote a couple of pieces on Okoro and then that's that's been in about every one of them you have to take those attempts that's the only way he's going to be able to separate himself from the pack that's the only way he's going to be able to climb back into the starting unit and that's the only way he's going to remain in the NBA if you ask me long term but. It's just, I don't know, time will tell. We'll see if the opportunities come. We're only five games in. <laughs> we got to throw that caveat on everything. Exactly. But exactly. It, it I just... think looking at any guy in his second year, look at any non-shooter in the league that's in their second year right now. And I don't think you can look at any single one of them and say that they will never be able to shoot outside of like maybe like Udoka Azabuki and the Jazz. <laughs> Hell, if Brooke but Lopez like... can turn it around after I don't know how many years – you know, when he first started making those with consistency, I, I have faith in Okoro. I still believe in him, but I just don't know if the opportunities in regards to some of the other areas are going to be there. To me, it's Roko. Think... Like you look at Roko, yeah. it took a long time and there was a lot of processing for that. And that jumper was very broken. I mean, for three years, it's all in the head, dude. It's all in but the you, he Okay, but yeah, he's got to have the comp. He's got to be able. If he doesn't have the confidence himself to pull the trigger, though, that's not on anybody but him. Exactly, and that's. I mean, he will get the. I want to see him getting the line, that, I, So they're going to leave. Uh, 
They need to. They said they were going to. I understand the mid post stuff at this point is is probably far fetched, but if they said they were going to give him pick and roll opportunities, you got to get that guy will himself to the line. And to me, the biggest thing with him, there's just no semblance of a pull up, and that is the real problem. I'm, I don't necessarily think he's ever going to have that three where it's going to be like an impact like shooter type guy. He needs, but. I just think like a pull-up, maybe not even a pull-up, like a floater for him would mm-hmm. really do would really do wonders because he'd just live at the line if he, he had draw some fouls, yeah. And I that, mean, is, that is the key because last year his free throw rate was, I mean, it was above league average, like fairly above it. So that that to me is, is where it has to be. Like he has to have, it's almost like the opposite of DG. Like you don't want to take him too many of those given his range, but he has to take floaters. To me, that's what it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just, to me, the, the conversations surrounding Okoro are almost never truly positive. You know, you look at some of the things and that he does very well in regards to the defense and, you know, in regards to cutting and things of that nature, but it's just, it always leaves you just wondering to yourself, well, you know, what else can this guy really do, you know, to separate himself from the pack, but we'll have to see as the season goes on. Uh, my next question for you guys is which Cavalier really has the best chance to make the all-star game this season? Will, I'll go to you first. Um, five games into the season, Mobley. I mean, he's just, he's doing everything. And I think, um, I think making the all-star game is, is a lot about the national attention. And right now it's either between Mobley and Sexton for the most national attention on the Cavs right now. Um, I do see a path for DG if you just they were loving DG to begin the season, man. And before yeah, the no, yeah, so, yeah. If if he like no one's talking about DG nationally right now, but if he picks it up, um, he'll definitely get some attention for sure. But I mean, Mobley's getting the most attention right now. Probably, I mean, Sexton's right there too. Um, Who's so yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably. I'd, who? I mean, was Blake Griffin technically a a rookie? He was like one like a Ben it? Simmons type, like a second year rookie i think uh yeah um, i mean i'm 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 not on the train of calling ben simmons a rookie that one year i mean he had a whole year i know we're getting off track here but no, he had a whole year of like in an nba organization and then you rookie. call him a rookie the next year it's just not fair well it's the same thing with blake though i thought uh yeah no yeah know. no yeah for sure yeah i'm just the whole controversy over the ben simmons donovan mitchell year that's i was just going off of that but i mean i do think that mobley has a chance i mean if he if he can average like one and a half blocks going into the all-star break, I mean, and, and good putting now, up two a game 14, now, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, like, if you can put up like 15, 10, and then like one and a half blocks, I mean, and the Cavs have a decent record. I mean, he's a highlight show. He really is. So, I mean, that that's what gets you in. So I really see a path for Mobley. Sexton's probably the more logical answer going down the road, but probably Mobley and Sexton right now. Okay, fair enough. Dan, let's say who has the best chance? Yeah, it's Colin to me, clearly. Uh, just, again, Justin and I have touched on this in other pods, and and as in addition to Zach Weiss, whatever, uh, he's a bucket getter, and to me, like, some of it is, is maybe like it's year four, uh, there was, I mean, early last season, there was somewhat of a campaign for him, but uh, just given that it's in Cleveland, he's kind of like the the dude that's been through it. Um, to me, that's him. 
I just I gotta say just one last thing. If he like to me, if it comes down between the two, I am absolutely starting. I'm putting him in the closing lineup with Rubio if they really want Rubio to be there over Garland. And to me, it's really not close. Like Garland is just I like the player, I like the skill set, um, but I, I just. I, again, I don't see the aggression from Garland. To me, he's just so damn passive, and it's just irritating. And it, to me, I get that like, everyone loves like the skill set. We've seen so many flashes of it, and, and I like the player. I really do. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it, Garland, to me, I, he's got to really like, like show it if he has all-star potential. I'm sick of hearing potential. Yeah. With, with, sec, with Sexton – you know what you're damn getting. And oh, yeah. And and he breaks through, just like you said on the last uh, episode, I believe. There's all-star moments. Ceiling they try from, to put on him. There's all-star, all-star moments from him to me right now. It's that. And I guess other than that, to me, it's actually got to be Jared Allen, just from the, the defensive tenacity and just the, the finishing power. Uh, Mobley, to me, is my not. Answer. Yeah. Mobley, to me, is a way. He has the best case up to this point. Yeah, yeah. So Mobley to me is is still a ways away. So I'll go. You, I'll uh, go with Colin. Okay. So we got Colin for Dan. We got Mobley for Will. Justin. I don't think it'd be Colin for Evan Damrell. Just just for the record, but for now, <laughs> okay. it's, uh, for, for Justin, me, it is. It's it's Allen for you as well. Yeah, I'd say especially just based off what we've seen right now, it's got to be Jared Allen. Yeah, I mean, um, just look at the, the, the sheer impact for guards to too. This point, yeah, that too is a very good point. Um, I think, yeah, one, the center class is a little bit weaker than especially just the deep guard class that there is in the East. Um, I do think if there was someone outside of Allen right now, I'd probably go Sexton. I just think you can bank on his consistent um, production to be there again. Um, I think, you know, there's a case, there's a chance that we kind of see what happened last year with Sexton as to where, you know, he's kind of hovering in that conversation through most of the voting process. Uh, maybe doesn't quite get there this year. Um, I think there's a chance that Garland could be the guy this year. I don't think it will happen. I'm not um, that, nope. I, I completely say – I say – I know y'all are going to kill me for this, but I think Garland has 0% chance. And I I'm think, not going to say zero. I'm going to say it's very low because I do still think that there's a chance that Garland, like, could hit a point early in the season where he does kind of explode a little bit. Not saying that will happen. Not saying I think that that will happen, but I'm not going to rule it out entirely. My better stand, um, better stay on the floor enough for that. My, and he, yeah, that, and that's that's, that's another thing process. is that he will need to stay on the floor for that. that that's, that's my thought I'm, process. Like, I'm, I'm not confident in that happening uh, really at all, and I, I think that you know injuries Dan, do have a, a significant role in that. Um, I'm just saying that I wouldn't rule it out entirely. I do think that there is that chance for that to happen, but I do think that Saxon would be a much safer pick between the two as to you know who you can rely on to really produce at an All Star level or near All Star level. Um, in the first half of this year. Um, okay. But I do think that Jared Allen um, is already, you know, kind of producing at that level. It'll be a matter of oh, yeah. Especially whether he can position. keep it up. Mm-hmm. At that position, yeah. It'll be a matter of whether he can keep it up. And, you know, like I said earlier, he's not going to keep shooting at that level. And, I, I, I mean, I, we'll see if he can, you know, produce enough offensively. We'll see if, you know, these little turnarounds that he hits, if, you know, maybe more corner threes. I think that's where – um, you really start to get into that conversation for him if he does kind of show a more diverse offensive skill set outside of, you know, just finishing at the rim. 
Um, and if that were to happen, I do think he'd have a decent, a decent case. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, and I'm kind of with you right there too. My choice would be Allen as of right now. And you know what, in regards to Sexton, I think this is the thing with Sexton. He is now playing on a team that is fully capable of not having to have him do, you know, just provide all the scoring punch on a nightly basis. So I, I honestly think his numbers in that regard are going to dip. I mean, they very well might. Um, I he's just not going overall. To be I think to do I don't think much. that you know they're going to have an all star this year. Just to be fully you know transparent, like I think there might be a couple of guys in the conversation. I don't yeah. think anyone will actually get there. That's just wanted to mention that. That's yeah. That's that's completely fair. And I think the majority of our listeners would probably say the same thing, uh, realistically from a realistic standpoint. But I think for Sexton, in regards to his chances. He is going to have to just completely showcase his skill sets in other areas. And we've seen some promising returns thus far. He looks highly engaged defensively. The assist numbers aren't there yet, but we already talked about that. You know, a lot of those are misses on potential assists and on some beautiful passes, might I say. So he's just not going to be required to score as much. So I think he's going to have to kind of, I don't know, maybe fill out or balance out a little bit more of the other stat lines. We know that rebounds are not really going to be something that Sexton's, you know, going to be putting up high marks in, but the assist numbers to me are the one true defining stat line in regards to his all-star candidacy. I, I think the point production will dip just a little bit, even if it's just by a point or two, I think it will dip. Because I, I want to say that he's leading the team right now, 20.4 points per game. And honestly, I don't know with the, the the makeup of this roster, the way they tend to play. You don't I think don't, he's going to give that up to 27, Matt? 27? No, certainly not. No, just, I mean, look at the stat lines on a night-to-night basis. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. Um, I think for me, for him, if I had to predict a seasonal output just based upon what I've seen thus far, I'd say somewhere around 23 and a half a game uh, once things really get rolling. I'm with you on that. Because that's fair. I mean, right now he's at like 20, 20. So, I mean, I, yeah. I can definitely see it going up to, I mean, but honestly though, I don't really think that the assists are going to be there for him um, at a seasonal outlet. I mean, he's averaging two right now. I think they can, I mean, you got it's a lot Ricky of Rubio and Darius Garland out there just like eating up all the assists though. I mean, I'm, he's very capable of getting the assist numbers up. It's just the opportunities. I mean, Darius Garland and uh, Ricky Rubio are really going to eat up those assists. Oh, I agree. What Garland's at 8.3 right now. And um, Rubio, he's up there too. So, I mean, they're, they're, they, they are the primary well, have, ball. Handlers. You have Mobley and you have Mobley and Locke too. But yeah, they're, they're, those guys are yeah, exactly. excellent facilitators at their positions. And that's why I think, you know, as far as opportunities are concerned, the only way Sexton's assist numbers are truly going to be able to go up is if guys, when he when he is making these beautiful passes, they have to capitalize on them. I don't know if that will happen, but to me, just circling back to the main point in regards to his All Star candidacy, I think that is his that is going to have to be his claim to fame. However, you know, however stacked the odds might be in regards to that, with just just the current look at things, I mean, I do happen to believe that Garland and Rubio are the ways to go in regards to facilitating and you know, running the offense. But I think that Sexton is uh, definitely a lot better than, than given credit for in that regard. The, the numbers just aren't showing that just yet. And that is a great segue into my last question for you all. And that is how much is too much for Colin Sexton's next deal? If you're, if you are the Cavs, Will, I'll go to you first on this one. Um. Okay. So I, I, I think De'Aaron Fox got 
what was it? Was it like one sixty three percent max? It was okay, I'll just ask you this. Five, let, let, let's go. Let's go a yearly salary, yearly rate. What would, what is too much? Too much, probably. I mean, I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to match him up with players similar to him. I think. I, what was it? What was Fox's? Um, I mean, I, I really think that anything above Fox's is 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 too much. Fox is um, making the max, so he's not going to get more than one sixty-three. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I, I, honestly, uh, I think. Would you give him more than Rozier? Twenty. More than Rozier? Yes. For sure. For sure. Yes. Yes. I think he deserves more than Rozier. Would Absolutely. you give him more than what Jaron Jackson just got? No. No, I wouldn't. Dan, what say you? Simple as that. No. I mean, there's there's too many, there's too much money to go around. More than Jaron Jackson, yeah, I would. To me, Jaron Jackson, uh, Justin knows. Uh, to me, it's it's probably a bigger deal than most. Durability is a big deal, uh, really damn big deal. Um, when you when you're talking about setting a culture, uh, knowing what the expectations are night to night, Jaron Jackson at this point to me is a vastly overrated player. Um, I, I understand that his, his three point clip is fine. That shot is disgusting, by the way. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how often he makes shots because that thing is terrible. Dan, um, for what it's um, worth, Jaron got a little over four, 26 million a year. Four, yeah. That's, okay. that's, that's my point. I'm not, I'm not making the argument that Jaron Jackson is a better player than Colin Sexton, but I mean, 26, I mean, 26 million a year. Yeah. I'm factoring in that. Jaron Jackson misses 30 games a year. Uh, also, defensively, I mean, it's you turn you, you look around the guy fouls somebody. Um, very thin, brittle, quite frankly, for his position. Um, I think I think that's not that's going to be a deal that they're going to strongly regret, quite quite frankly. And he plays with John Morant, like a lot of stretch, well, quote unquote, stretch bigs. Work a lot better, better playing with Jaw. Um, he's a nice a player. He's a nice player, but to me, Colin, like, given the production he's had with the, well, zero spacing that he's had around him throughout his career, and not, I mean, this is the only year he's had actually impact defenders around him, other than Larry Nance. Like, yeah, I, def, I, I don't have a number off the top of my head, but. To me, like, yeah, okay, I'd give him 27, 28 a year. I would. Is 30 Definitely. too much for him? That might be a little high. but Over a four-year deal? If if you have to – if that means you can't eventually max out Garland or give him a 25-percenter, to me, like, Garland's far from that. Like, people would think he's a vastly more valuable player. I don't really see it. I, I just don't see it. I, I understand know. that he has – Great passing vision. I mean, maybe not. okay. Great might be overselling it. Really good, I would say. Like, I, I don't, I don't really like defensively. Everyone w- loves to grill Colin Sexton. Like, they just completely grill him. The, uh, the, uh, the intensity is there, man. He's locked in. He's just this year. To me, it's off ball is just to me a glaring issue. Like it's always been. Like he just does not have the feel off ball. And but the problem is Darius Garland is a complete sieve. And just honestly gives zero effort defensively. Like he doesn't even remotely try to get through picks at all. 
And that's more of an issue. And I got to say, man, if I'm shelling out money in this kind of situation, you guys that get buckets for you are, are durable. Colin really has been, are going to work their ass off. I'm not saying Garland doesn't, but I just like the passive stuff from him. I, I just hate it. Like he should be shooting seven threes a game. And if you have to be, if guys don't like, to me, the problem is this. I'd rather a guy have a leadership style like a Kobe or somebody like that, and it's going to be a competitor and it's going to go out swinging. I don't see that from Garland. And Sexton, I damn well see it. And I'm giving that guy my money. If, if, that's, if you have to eventually choose between the two, I'm riding with Colin, man. Like that Clippers game showed me a hell of a lot. And I'm sorry, Garland already getting injured. I mean, that, that injury didn't look great, but you're, you're really going to have that as an excuse like people are going to give that as an excuse, like a little ankle roll. Like you, you have to work on two games, Dan. That's you not that work, much time. Okay. He's missed two games. We're five games into the season. How many is he going to miss? A yeah, and, and B the guy, I mean, you look at Darius Garland. I'm just saying like right now, if you look at Darius Garland, when you look at him now compared to when he came to the league, is there really a difference? I mean, no, really, in regards to his muscle definition, things like that, he looks the exact same. If you but ask, that's me. a problem. He's got longer hair, though. <laughs> oh, I love the look. I'm a big fan of the look. I will, I'm a big fan of that, and, and I, I love Garland. Like the skill is there. We like the potential is sky high. I, like I'm not going to deny that, but I just don't know. Like potential, you hear like it's year three, man. I'm sick of hearing that. But so I'm going, Colin. If I have to give it, give him 28. I'm giving him 28, man. You cannot lose Colin. You just can't lose him. That is completely fair. I'm right there with you, buddy. I think that these types of bucket gators just don't come along, you know, very often. And I think that and I'm sick as hell hearing the six man bullshit. Yeah, I'm the sorry dude is for not saying a the French. Man. No, he you're is good. not a he is not a goddamn bench player. I'm so the, sick of hearing that crap. The dude has no... You can't replace... Look at the offense when he was off the floor in that Clipper game, man. It was... They, they were really they drowning out offensively. I yeah. mean, that's when the Reggie Jackson run kind of happened. You better have that guy in the goddamn floor. Because Colin fear, has that dog in him. He's got that dog mentality in him. And it, like it's not, dude just it's looks not, scary sometimes out there. I'm not going to lie. I mean, and the guy, quite frankly, everyone thinks like he's hit his ceiling. Why is he hit his? He's definitely not his ceiling. We don't know what the hell his ceiling is. He's he's not even twenty three years old. Uh, yeah, so I, I apologize for getting like so snickery about this, but it, this six man BS. I, like I heard it on the radio today again. I, I just I, I'm so done with it. Yeah, dude. I mean, obviously. I feel the same way as you. It's like, man, you know, fuck all that. I'm just, I'm not with it in regards to the six man talk. I, I think the validity there and what they're saying in regards to, you know, his ceiling is specifically just referring to players, you know, that that, that kind of take the same kind of mold. If you want to throw a guy like Lou Williams in there, you want to throw you know, other prolific st- scores. Has Lou yammed, yammed in his goddamn NBA career? Has he dunked the ball in his career? Okay, I don't Dan, think so. This is what I'm going to say in regards to it. No, obviously he hasn't. You know, I I, I, just, I'm, there, I don't have a clear comp for Colin. I, I honestly do not. I don't either. I'm just saying that where people kind of get mixed in this whole six-man thing is that it's just direct correlation to scoring points. 
That's all they're correlating it to. And for him, I think that just like you said, like I said earlier, just like you said in the last episode, he has broken every single ceiling that they've tried to throw his way and he will continue to do so. He is already starting to do so this year with some of this playmaking that we've seen out of him with some of the, you know, the, the locked in defense that we've seen. So time will tell, you know, what his eventual ceiling will be. But to me, he's nowhere near it. And if I had to throw a number on what I would be, you know, what, what would be too much for me, I would probably say at this point, somewhere in that uh, 32 to $33 million range. Um, but I definitely think that he can get up to max territory if the, he leads this Cavs team to the playoffs and he's the leading scorer and uh, <clears throat> he improves in those other areas. I think that it's there. I think, I think if you're not going to at least give the guy 27 million, I think you're absolutely lowballing him. And I think the Cavs will end up making the by far the biggest mistake that they have made in a while if they let this kid walk. And it, to me, honestly, I hate to say this, I really do, but it's still a complete possibility because I think that what they're going to end up doing, man, is continue to at least based upon what we've seen is limit his opportunities to do some of these things when the others are healthy his minute totals are going to be up and i had an interesting conversation with haram about this the other day and you know i was kind of feeling one way about it but just just watching some of these games just going back you know watching for like third and fourth time it's the closing lineups to me that that's that's really that's really when you need to have Sexton out there. When you're not, you're hurting his stat line, which will in turn possibly hamper his negotiations. There's Can just- I just say one thing to sure. that point, if you don't mind? If you look already, like, you look at the progression of Shea, like, since he got to OKC. Um, they've allowed, like, with the Clippers, yeah, he was, he, he was allowed to be a playmaker some. But they really, like, really put – I understand it was a different situation entirely – they really put the ball in his hands in OKC from the jump. And, and he definitely, like, people thought he could be a, a, a really good pro when he was on the Clippers. And they, whatever that, I don't remember if he made the playoffs or not. But, I mean, he, like, there were a really promising signs. Like, it was a good rookie season. But when he went to OKC, he really took off. And if you look at kind of a similar trajectory with, like, the Thunder, I'm not comparing, like, he's a far better player right now. But if you look at, like, the progression of like Poku and um, Lou Dort, like on OKC, they Lou Dort can't shoot. Like I'm not gonna say he can shoot. Colin coming to the league, really, like the narrative was that he couldn't really shoot. He was just like a scorer, but he couldn't shoot. And like if you put Colin, like I understand, like your damn role is not exactly a guy that really loves Colin Sexton, but he has sources, whatever, and he reported that the Thunder were interested in, in Colin and. I'm just saying, like, if you put Dagnall seems to be like he is a good offensive coach. Like he will allow guys to take their lumps. But I'm just saying, like, Josh Giddy, that was a really good situation for him to be in with Dagnall. I oh, hope yeah, he's there. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you put Colin in that situation, they're gonna give him more playmaking opportunities if they keep Dagnall. Like, that is a, a complete opposite situation. Like with JB, he's sm- he's quite frankly smothering Colin Sexton. Like, he's not allowing him to really progress in that regard and it's yeah, kind of annoying the, it's kind of irritating the progression yeah is jb does have a ceiling for playing. for sexton 
he's he's not guys and you know what? it might be the same for dg though like it might be like he might have in the back of his mind jb doesn't want me taking seven or eight threes a game and i understand the reports where they reportedly wanted the cat like like those guys to have a, a like a higher volume from three but you just look at the way garland plays and, and colin a little like colin is more confident right now but it, it comparatively DG just it still looks a little hesitant. And maybe like I'm just saying, maybe it's on JB for Colin too. That they're not. Uh, well, maybe, I mean, to going back to stuff. going back to Okoro, maybe that's the same thing for Okoro. It might all just be ready to two, say and then he's like, it, "Damn, it might all damn, be interconnected." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I missed I missed one right there. I'm not going to shoot another one the entire well, game. And he's you, probably has that, he probably has JB in the back of his mind every time he shoots the ball. They they very well might. Like you got to you got if you're if you're Kobe. Well, granted, if you're or if you're around, like you gotta have that. You gotta you gotta like hear that side of it. Uh, and you know, what? I will say this as an underlying thing too. I actually think it was a loss that they lost Lindsay Ali. Like she seemed to be very good because those play like those two guards really talked about her like at length and like all the like media stuff. I think that was a a quite frankly big loss, especially like if she were able to work with Rubio too, like. If you notice, like the playmaking last season took a leap with the second year, or, or was it the second year with Gottlieb? Like that was a to me that was a big loss offensively, and who knows what the hell Sidney Lowe is doing for those guys because he yeah. clearly doesn't. He's been fired, God knows how many times. He's had like a million jobs, <laughs> so he clearly doesn't help in that regard because he doesn't have a specialization when it comes to guards, bigs, or really defense. Like it's, it's just like an assist, an associate head coach, so. That might have a little bit to do with it too, because JD offensively, I would not say is necessarily a gifted mind. It doesn't seem that way. Based upon what we've seen thus far, and time will tell if it'll come back to bite him in his ass. I mean, you just you don't know what the connection is with these guys. If he's in their head, you know, in regards to a coral, he might to be. Point, he might that could be the primary reason in regards to a coral. Same thing with DG. Like the guy does look hesitant. We know he's not as athletically gifted as a guy no. like Sexton, and he probably never will be. But still, he's still playing with uh with just a hint of hesitancy, and it's evident. Whether that's on JB, time will tell. I just think with him, just as one last thing, if you really watch, like, he can get to those step backs. Like, I'm not, like, that's not, like, he's got to shoot those. I'm not saying he's got it in his bag, man. I will never not believe that the guy has, like, high end potential. The problem with me in regards to DG is that the guy has, unrealized talent you know it's just it's it's the same thing as having no talent at all it doesn't matter you have well, to be out the the one thing i was gonna say mac like he doesn't pull like he should be shooting pull-up threes and he doesn't he's very hesitant to shoot those and that's the biggest thing the biggest problem that i have like guy like there are opportunities where he can get to pull up threes and pick and roll just does not shoot them and i understand I like he's you want much less hesitant shooting on pull-ups though this season like he should be shooting considerably more oh yeah it's it's up he should be shooting to the basket nearly as much as i'd like him to either because he's another guy that could draw well the problem the reason why he doesn't want to get to the free throw is because he doesn't want to get hit he don't want to problem is he doesn't want to get hurt and that quite frankly is on him like that's on nobody else 
you got to invest in that in yourself. And that's, I have a problem yeah, that's, with that. That's that's a little a mental block that. that he has. That's a, that no, is a, that is a mental block. That is a hundred percent on him for sure. Okay, well, so you, that you poses gotta, the question. Then you got to develop yourself. Like he's just he's got to get thicker, man. Like it's a problem. Okay, outside of maybe Mobley, because Mobley seemed very sure of himself to this point. But that just you know it just goes to show you how in regards to confidence and not playing with you know, uh, a reserved, um, <clears throat> hesitance. Colin Sexton is just in a completely different tier than Darius Garland in that regard. I mean, you, you want to lump Okoro in there too. The guy is clearly playing hesitant and on the offensive end. We're not seeing that from, from Colin. Colin is trying to do so many different things, trying to prove so many different people wrong. So man, it's just this season, it, there's so many storylines. There's that is undeniable. There's just so many storylines that are going to need to be, you know, for people to keep track of them. Uh, we'll have to see how all of these guys develop. We'll have to see how all of these guys' seasons end up having, whether or not all of them remain on the roster. I mean, there's so much still left up in the air, as much as I hate to say that. I do have faith in this team. You guys know, I think they're a playoff hopeful. Uh, time will tell if that, you know, if, if I'm vindicated in that. And I truly think I will be, but I mean, we're, we're only five games in granted uh, a very rough stretch and very encouraging returns in that regard, but still um, a lot to be determined. Uh, with that said, we're going to go ahead and close out today's episode. As I always say, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can at it's Cavalier underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and now YouTube. Thanks guys for coming on and have a good day.